Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 81 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. Uh, it's a blessing to be here, and uh, we've hit another milestone, one after 80. 81. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Anyway. Well, speaking of 81, my wife uh, called me out this week, and oh, she, she kind of she got on me, Trey. She what made about? me feel really bad. About you. Me? She said, she said, she, she, she's like your wife. She listens to the podcast pretty uh -huh. regularly. Yeah. I don't know if she's listened to quite every episode like your wife has. Your wife is very faithful to listen. She and, is very faithful. And, and, and stay, well, your wife drives to work. She has a little extra yep. time to and listen she can to listen, things. Yeah. And, and so Stacy doesn't have quite that time to, she doesn't have, she doesn't have a commute, I guess, to listen. But anyway, uh, she, she called me out for calling you old all the time. She's like, you're, <laughs> you're mean to Trey. Like, Does she not think being, I care? Well, I'm like, see, I'm oh. not being mean. It's a joke. He knows I'm joking. It's just mean. You shouldn't call Bless him old all the time. Like, so I'm, I'm going to stop calling you old, Trey. I'm going to stop calling you 81. Don't do that. Yeah, I'll be I'll, disappointed, I'll just, man. But but I, I will start calling our sound engineer, Scott, old <laughs> instead. <laughs> he just told us about the going bald thing today. <laughs> right. So Anyway, uh, well, everybody, uh, you never know what you're going to hear on the Connecting Faith no, to Life don't. podcast. So uh, get uh, the word out, Facebook, Twitter, text, however you get the information out, and just invite people to come and to listen in and see what uh, we're going to say this week. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, we talked uh, this past Sunday about peace and how important peace is and why we need to be peaceful people and blessed are the peacemakers. Um, but you know, the reality, Pastor, is that there is conflict out there. And even in our own personal lives, there's conflict as much as we want to be at peace. Even even the Apostle Paul said, as far as it is up to you, live at peace with all men. So I think he understood this, this conflict thing. So, you know, we have to ask the question then, is real peace possible when you have a lot of people that want to argue and disagree and all those things? And, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people listening right now who just want to know how can we resolve this conflict and yeah. be those peacemakers? Yeah, yeah that's what we're talking about, Trey, that we're talking about, again, just an extension of what we began talking about Sunday morning in the message. Mm -hmm. we're, we're in a series, if you're not a part of the Northwood family, uh, you want to go back and listen online. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit because we, we, we're convicted that here in 2021, you know, especially in this crazy world where there is not a lot of peace yeah. or a lot of anything really uh, that's Christ-like, uh, we, we as followers of Jesus need to focus on growing in the character of Christ, Amen. the fruit of the Spirit. And so we talked this past night about peace and the idea of peace, you know, uh, in the Hebrew language, the word peace is shalom. It's mm -hmm. a greeting. Shalom, shalom. Right. Even if you go to Israel today, you will hear Jewish people saying to you, shalom. Mm -hmm. It's the idea of wholeness, that, that all is well with me. And for us as Christians, all really is well with us because we have a relationship with Jesus. And so all is well with our souls. And since all is well, well with our souls, then all can be well in our lives on a daily basis. doesn't mean there's an absence of conflict, but in conflict, we can say, okay, everything's okay because right. I'm right with God and God loves me. He's for me and he is going to work all things out for my good and his glory. And so because of that, we can live at peace. And so, so kind of the challenge though is, all right, we want to live at peace, but none of us want to do the work to live at peace. Ooh, that's a good point. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because living at peace, it does take 
work on my part and your part. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Mm-hmm. That takes work. You know, I was thinking about this, Trey. I was, I was thinking about your son. Both of your sons were here this past weekend. Mm-hmm. It was a blessing. Uh, yeah, you had Ivy and Ben here, and, and they're both living in some pretty difficult places right now. Yes. Which it's hard to believe that places in the United States of America are difficult to live because we live in such a great nation. But COVID has made some places rather difficult. You know, your son Ivy, who's planting a church in Boston, uh, man, the COVID restrictions are pretty severe. And mm-hmm. and and Ben, who is going to New Orleans Seminary, where I went to seminary, where my wife is from, the COVID restrictions are pretty severe there as well. Very similar. Actually. Yeah, and it's wild to me that you know. Talking about peace, how do you live peacefully in an environment where you're told to do so much stuff to protect yourself? Mm-hmm. Think about your son. He said Sunday morning that in their facility, they can only have 10 people 10 at a people. time. Yep. One, I think it's a 10% so they can hold 100 and they can have 10 there. It's an interesting way to have church, isn't it? Well, it basically is what runs the uh, online church. It's yeah. those 10 people. So. Yeah. yeah. So you think about the, the environment they're put in where there's so many restrictions and trying to remain peaceful mm-hmm. in that kind of environment where you're constantly told you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't have more than 10 people. You can't go outside and I don't know, they can't do anything it seems like in Boston right now because of, of COVID-19. I'm sure that's creating some tension and some conflict, right? Mm-hmm. And so being the church in a strict environment like that, how do you maintain peace and how do you continue to make peace, right? Yeah. So that's why I think uh, what we what we have today is so good because we're going to be talking about five ways to resolve conflict successfully. So yeah. when we go through those situations, yeah. how do we then say, okay, this yeah. is how we can make, and I guess that's what the word peacemaker is about. Yeah. We're resolving conflict. Right, right. So, so this these, these five ways to resolve conflict are not original to me. These come from a great book written years ago. You're probably familiar with it, Trey. The book's called The Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. It's by an author named Ken Sandy. He's a Christian yeah. author and wonderful book that, that kind of just step by step teaches you how to live at peace with people, how to confront people when they're you know, in sin, uh, how to, you know, resolve conflict. And so these five ways to resolve conflict come from that book, The Peacemakers. If you're interested in just some more information as to how to live at peace, um, I think that would be a good resource for you to have, The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. And we can link that at the We certainly the can. We, can cer- we certainly can. But, but his whole thing is, okay, there's an acronym he uses, and it's a good acronym, PAUSE, mm. P-A-U-S-E. Because here's what we said. It takes work to be a peacemaker. I would agree. Because we, and we said this Sunday morning, what comes naturally to us when there's conflict uh, are, are really two responses based really on personality and just how we're wired. Uh, one response is to fight. <laughs> you know, you ball come at me, I'm going to come back man. at you. Yeah. you. You say something about me, I'm going I'm to jump all over you. Yeah. And so, so we know that people like that. In fact, there might be some of you listening, you are fighters. <laughs> Somebody who says something to you, man, you're, you're ready to pounce on them. I call that the redneck response. Right? I mean, and we, we all got a little bit of redneck in us. So, I mean, I get that. <laughs> we were down south. And so, so uh, you, you got those of us who are, are fighters, and then you also have those of us who are avoiders mm. that will avoid conflict at all costs mm-hmm. because it's hard. It's difficult to have those conversations. It's difficult when you have those conversations, not to fight, not to get riled up and, you know, repay evil for evil or whatever the case may be. It takes work. But here's why I know, Trey, here's why I know, because I've been in ministry for a long time. You've been in ministry for a long time. We have had our share of conflict in ministry, haven't we? Mm, oh boy. I You've would, had yeah. your share of 
of conversations with people that you don't see eye to eye with or who had something against you Mm -hmm. because of something you said uh, from the pulpit or whatever the case may be. Here's what I've discovered in 20 years of ministry. Peacemaking is downright difficult. Mm -hmm. But when I have made attempts to rationally and peacefully, led by the Spirit, have conversations with people using a method like this, more often than not, I walk away from that conversation so thankful that I engaged the conversation, so thankful that I strived in those moments to make peace. Yeah, and I think, you know, when we when we go through these things, um, typically, you know, we think, oh, well, I'm going to be able to bring this conflict resolution. Everybody's going to be okay. They'll walk away happy, and we'll just be the best friends from now on. Sometimes, though, yeah, not necessarily. even so— you, they appreciate you coming to yeah. them, and you know they said, "But we're still leaving the church. We're still leaving the church, or <laughs> you, know? you know, or or whatever the case may be. Yeah, that, yeah, that, I, that I, conversation I might not resolve the conflict as nicely as we want it to, but mm-hmm. it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, but the goal is that we we do what we're obedient to Christ. And we're what obedient he said to Christ. To we have the conversation. We make peace, and we Amen. we leave it in God's hands. Okay, so let's talk about the pause and how we P-A-U-S-E. do that. P A U S E. All right. Number one. You can one, spell pause, can't you, Pops? I can. P A U S E. Good. All right. So, number one, we prepare. Yeah. So, so this is big. So, just put yourself in that situation. And maybe you're in that situation right now where you've had some conflict with someone, whatever that conflict is. Mm-hmm. You don't see the eye to eye on, on something there, or maybe there's a sin issue that you need to address, whatever it is, there's a, there's a conflict mm-hmm. that needs to be resolved. And so what do you need to do? And so Ken Sandy says, the first step is you need to prepare, mm. prepare for the conversation. Yeah, I agree. So just determine in your mind and your heart that, you know what, I do need to sit down with that particular person and have a conversation. And, and, and the reality is, we never get to the step of oftentimes of having the conversation. Yeah. That's the problem. And so being a peacemaker means, okay, I'm going to be the one in the relationship that initiates the conversation because likely that other person is not going to initiate the conversation because we just don't think about it. Mm-hmm. We, again, we try to avoid conflict at all costs. And so, so I've got to be the, the person in the relationship that's going to pursue the conversation. So I need to prepare for that and preparing for it could mean a lot of different things. It could mean, okay, I got to take time to pray through this. Mm-hmm. God, give me some wisdom as to how to approach this particular issue with a person. Like, I got to get in the, in the word and see what the Bible says, maybe about this particular issue that we're struggling with, mm-hmm. or just to get some wisdom from the Lord. Right. And I need to, uh, I need to get my facts straight. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big one. Right. I mean, what is the conflict actually over? Yeah. What happened that led to the conflict? I mean, what was said, what was done? I, I need to get the facts straight and not just go in with my interpretation of the facts, but with the actual facts, what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, uh, I need to think about the other person. How will that person respond? Because if I go to that person with, okay, here's what happened. Here's what led us here. I mean, are they going to be appreciative? Are they going to be defensive? I mean, how is that person going to respond? And I also need to be prepared for different types of responses. If that person gets defensive with me, what am I going to do? That's a big one. You know what I'm saying? If this person starts yelling at me, how am I going to respond? You know, I need to have a game plan because, you know, again, in conflict, emotions are high. You might be able to speak rationally, but that person you're in conflict with might not be able to speak rationally yet. And so right. you need to be prepared for that. How am I going to respond? When that person comes at me with some some angry words, am I going to get defensive or am I going to, in that moment, pray to the Spirit, please keep me calm? I mean, how am I going to respond to the various responses that person might have, right? And, and then I just need to be intentional about uh, setting a time and a place to have the conversation. 
you know, the, the, the word prepare is so big because yeah. we are, when we go to that person, we have to remember we are prepared. They might not, they be. Might not be, they probably aren't. Yeah. And so allow, you said earlier, before we got on the air, allow grace for yeah. people. Yeah. We do have to allow grace and say, you know, they weren't prepared. Yeah. I've been in the word. I've been praying. Yeah. Now let's give them an opportunity. Yeah. And it might take a few months Yeah. yeah. and it's okay. But just taking that that initial step in conflict to prepare mm-hmm. yourself for a conversation yeah. and being in conversation with that person. Okay, on you know a week from now or two days from now or an hour now, we got to sit down. We got to talk mm-hmm. through this. Yeah, right. Agreed. And and I don't know about you, but in ministry, what I've done or I've tried to do over years is is when there is a, a conflict that I might be having with uh, someone who's part of the church or outside the church, mm-hmm. family member, whatever case may be. If there's a conflict, you know, especially with somebody who's outside of my home, mm-hmm. um, a church member, for example trying to have that conversation in a neutral place. Amen. That's a Amen big deal. That. So let's go out to Starbucks, get a cup of coffee yeah. and talk through this because there's something about somebody coming to my office and just the way it is, Trey, because I've had people say this, uh, they feel like they're coming to the principal's office. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And vice not versa. True, it's not true, but think, and vice yeah. versa. If I go sit down in someone's home, which I enjoy seeing in, in the homes of my people, I'm, I'm on their turf. So that, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So just kind of being in a neutral place that, that, you know, just, can help us to disengage from our personal environments mm-hmm. and, and help us to talk rationally. Amen. All right. So we prepare. That's the first letter of pause. And then we affirm relationships. Yeah. Hey. Because if you think about it, Trey, I mean, when we're talking about resolving conflict, more than, you know, coming to a solution in the conflict to make things better. We want to make sure that relationship is better. Amen. The relationship is more significant than you being right. Wow, is that true? Or you getting your way in the midst of the conflict. The relationship is more important. Mm-hmm. And so even as you begin to have that conversation, you, you've you prepared, you've set the time, you've set the place, you've sat down, you're having that cup of coffee. Just in that initial moment of the conversation, affirming the relationship you have with that person, hey, this is going to be a hard conversation, but I want you to know, the reason why I'm having this conversation with you because I love you. Yeah. Man, for, for years, you've been one of my dearest friends. And mm-hmm. I appreciate, you know, how you've uh, been an encouragement to me. I appreciate the way you've ministered to my family. Man, I, I just can't imagine life without your friendship. You you, you matter to me. I like all those. And, yeah. and that's why we're sitting down that's to have great. this conversation. And so, so in those initial stages of the conversation, affirm the relationship mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, that's what's most important is the relationship. And, and so, so keeping the conversation very relational, I think is just super important. And so just to, just to um, start the conversation with you hacked me off last week when you said this <laughs> is not the way to start the conversation. Oh boy. And yet we do that. But yeah, lot, we do that all the yeah. time because we, we come from a place of emotion, mm-hmm. right? Rather than a place of affirmation and wanting to see this relationship thrive again. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so this is, in, in all conflict, we've got to find a way uh, to, to um, approach the conversation with the least amount of emotion as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're emotional people. We can't help but be emotional. I get that. But we can't let the conversations be led by our emotions. Amen. They have to be led by the Spirit. And what the Spirit wants is for you to have a conversation with someone where you are affirming that person, you're encouraging, you're edifying, right? Ephesians 4.29, that you're building that person up. So as you have that conversation, prepare for it. And A, affirm the relationship. All righty. Well, after we affirm the relationship, um, we get a number three, and that's where the U comes in, understand interests. Yeah, so so Paul says in Philippians 2, 4, to look out for the interest of others. Yeah. So 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 what happens when we come to a, a conflict is we have a position, mm-hmm. right? 
Oh yeah, I, this is where I am. This is where I'm. This is this is where I'm taking my stand. Yeah. This is how I feel about it. Yeah. This is this is this is my position. Mm-hmm. And so we argue position. You, you understand? The question is, what led you to your position? How did you get How'd there? How did you in the get first there? Place? What yeah. are those interests, those desires, uh, uh, those 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 thoughts that that led you to have this position? For example, our, you remember this, Trey, because you were ministering, and this is just a uh, you know an an old example. So you remember the worship wars, don't you? Oh, big time! Oh yeah. man, I remember when I was uh, my first ministry gig, my first full time ministry gig was full time minister of worship at a church. I was, I was fresh so you were out of right college. in the middle of it. I was, I was like in, that was in 2000. Yeah. So I, I was fresh out Ooh. of college. I was 21 years old and I walked into a church where the pastor had been very successful. It was a little, uh, small church when he got there, 25, 30 people. And over the course of a couple of years, God just worked mightily in that congregation. They had grown to about 200 people. Uh, and it, it was, it was great. Mm. And he, 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 um, he was an interesting man. He had been a brick mason for most of his life, and wow. God called him into ministry. He had not—he did not have a college degree. Mm-hmm. He did not have any seminary training, um, but God was using him. He, he, so, anyway, all that to say, here we—he was two years in the ministry. Um, this was the first ministry job he ever had. Pastor of this church. God had blessed. God was growing it. Here I was, brand new in the ministry. I've been in ministry all the day, right? <laughs> when, when they called me into that that church, and yeah. so neither one of us knew what we were doing. Uh-huh. And so he, he said to me, you know, here's what I want to do. I want our church to go from traditional, right? All hymns uh-huh. back in those days to contemporary, all praise and worship, which I thought was great because yeah, when course. I was in college, that's what I, did. I was 21 and I had, I had led a worship band in college yeah. through our collegiate ministry on campus. And so, man, I, I was all for that. And so no joke, this is what happened. One Sunday morning, the church was a traditional church. All hymns. The next Sunday morning, it was not. You know what that created, Trey? Conflict. Just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Dude, it was terrible. Mm. I mean, just, oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. I I was so young and dumb, man. And it was, it was just, it was bad. But, you know, Uh, here's what I discovered. Here's what I discovered. We had different positions. mm You know, um, the pastor and I, we wanted to, to move towards a more contemporary model of worship and uh, for whatever reason at that time. And, and, and a lot of people in that congregation wanted to stay in a traditional model. So there were different positions, mm-hmm. contemporary versus traditional. But when we began to dialogue about it, the interest, the desires to, that led us to that position really in a lot of ways were the same. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. The reason why we wanted to move to contemporary worship is because we wanted people to express to God more freely yeah. worship. We thought yeah. maybe through a contemporary model, people would do that. Well, they wanted the same thing. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be able to express freely to God, but their their method was more of a traditional method. And so, right. so at the heart, we both wanted the same thing. Mm-hmm. We wanted to bring honor and glory to God. We wanted to sing songs that we love. We wanted, to, we wanted the same things. We just had two different ways of going about it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think in the midst of conflict, if you step back from the position and step back from the issues that are there, there might be some similar desires that are causing you to take the position. You, you might come to different conclusions. Yeah. You might come to different positions, but there might be a heart desire that's very similar, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so that makes oftentimes sense. in conflict is, well, I say oftentimes, all the time in conflict is, is, is wise to get beyond the position. And what's driving you to that position? Mm-hmm. What, what, what's your decision process? What's, what's the desires in your heart that's leading you to this particular position? Mm-hmm. And you might find out if you have that conversation, you have the same desires. Yeah. And so if you have the same desires and how do you work together to a position that you can agree on? They're 
are very few positions that are worth dying over. That's exactly very, right. There are some. Like contemporary music. Few. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> what's, that was not worth. And what's I contemporary, you know, it. I felt like it. In the 1100s, uh, monks singing uh, whatever they sang, yeah, yeah. you know, that was contemporary. So anyway, whatever. That was an interesting time in the church, man. Those those worship wars were real. <laughs> yeah, they were. Man, I'm telling was, you. I'm glad we're I mean, you that. actually have people, you know, start new churches over it. it. You wild. had all kind of That's things That's another podcast episode for another day. That was yeah, a wild time. That was, that was, that was a tough time. Well, uh, so we've talked about preparing P we've talked about affirming relationships, a understand interest you, and now we're, let's get to search for creative solutions. And I yeah. think this is kind of where we want to be. Yeah. So this is great. So, uh, when you, you know, Trey, cause you've done it before too. I mean, you, you've, you've done a lot of premarital counseling as oh, a pastor yeah. because you've married a lot of couples. And over the years I've, uh, had the opportunity to uh, officiate lots of wedding services. And, and so, you know, I always take couples through premarital, premarital counseling, mm-hmm. about six weeks, premarital counseling before we do a ceremony. And I'm sure you've done the same thing over the years. And, yes. And so, um, one of the, we talk about in mar- premarital counseling, all kinds of things as you prepare for your marriage. Mm-hmm. And one of those things obviously is communication yeah. and conflict resolution, because in every marriage, whole section on that, yeah, yeah. because in every marriage, there's going to be conflict. That's just the way it is. I mean, so you need to, as a married couple, know how to uh, address that conflict and work through it mm-hmm. without uh, it turning into, you know, a fight or, you know, a cussing match or whatever the case may be. Right. So, cause nobody wants that. Um, so, any rate, uh, what I teach couples to do is to brainstorm. Mm-hmm. So, and this isn't something that I came up with; is uh, just a method of counseling that that I was taught. Um, and so, so what I'll do is I, I say, okay, now when you have a conflict, some of the things we've already talked about, you pause, you 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 set a time and a place to talk about it, you 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 think through it, you pray, you get ready, you sit down, you try to understand where everybody's coming from, all those kind of things. But but when it gets to that point in the conversation where you're trying to figure out, okay, what do we do next? Mm-hmm. How do we actually resolve this bad boy? How do we move forward? We've gotten the issue on the table. Right. We've talked about the the interest or what what's led us to our position. We've gotten to the heart of the matter. Okay, so how do we move forward? And so what I ask couples to do is it's real simple. Um, is you just need to brainstorm. Mm-hmm. Take a piece of paper and you write down 10 possible solutions to the conflict mm-hmm. together. You come up with, okay, here's the conflict, right? All right, what, whatever it might be. Uh, spending too much money. Spending That's too always much a money. big deal. That's, yeah, so spend too much money. How do we resolve this conflict? And you just sit down and brainstorm. Here's, mm-hmm. here's 10 solutions that we try. Okay. And that's, that's it. That's all we're saying here is when we talk about search for creative solutions that you sit down and you brainstorm and, and it's, it's both of you coming together mm-hmm. to some conclusions. It's not, okay, I'll give you what I think the solution should be. And you, you try one of these. It's no, we're going to sit down, we're going to brainstorm and we're going to come to uh, an agreement on some different, and I always, you know, tell couples I'm counseling, let's, let's do 10. Let's just yeah. brainstorm through 10. So you search for creative solutions, which leads into the, the final letter we're going to talk about the the e evaluate options objectively and reasonably yeah. so pause p a u s e the e is evaluate options objectively and reasonably and so what what i encourage couples to do in premarital counseling is once you've come up with those 10 solutions mm-hmm. to the conflict pick one mm. just one not five not, yeah. not not all 10 just pick one and as you're ending that conversation with your spouse or ending that conversation with a person you're in conflict with, pick one solution mm-hmm. that you've brainstormed over and give it uh, an amount of time. Mm-hmm. Over the next three weeks, we're going to try to, to, to do this. This is the solution we've come up with. This is how we're going to resolve the conflict. Over the next three weeks, we're going to do this. This one solution mm-hmm. and see how it works. Three weeks from now, we're coming back together. We're going to sit down at the table again and we're going to evaluate How's this working for us? 
Did, did, did this solution actually resolve the conflict? So Sometimes it will. So, so what we're doing is really we're using four and five and kind of using those as both are the same thing. It's just how we're responding right, right, then to right, that. Right. We're, we're searching for those creative solutions. Right. We're coming up with 10. We're going to pick one. All right. Right. We're evaluating. We're, this yeah. is what we're going to do. Then we're going to come back to the table three weeks from now. Mm-hmm. We're going to say, okay, we're going we're gonna, to, um, we're going to evaluate there how go. it's gone. Yeah. That's right? great. So for that's the last great. three weeks, we've been trying this. This is, it worked great, man. This, this, everything's changed now because of that. So we're moving forward. Praise God. We came up with a solution that's right, worked. Right. Or you come back to the table, eh, yes, didn't work so well. It's not doing real well Well, here. good news. Good news. You've got nine other options. I was going to say, that's a good thing. Right. So now you can try so not, something else. Yeah. So you pick one of the other options that you came up with. Okay. For the next three weeks, we're going to try this one. Mm-hmm. And, and so you, you just keep working it until finally at some point there is a resolution to that conflict so that's just a very basic very simple way to kind of address some of those those because if you think about it, Trey a lot of the conflicts we get into are over silly things mm-hmm. and so so there are solutions and it's just a process of sitting down and and thinking through okay what are the possible solutions let's try it let's if it doesn't work come back we'll try something else and it, but the thing is you just never give up yeah you and just keep at it you know I think that's where flexibility comes in where Absolutely. we have to say okay this didn't work let's try to see if this works right and say absolutely. that didn't work i'm done yeah absolutely you know? so it's just i it's, tried you know i hear that so many times they tried one thing and yeah. it's over don't stop thing. trying yeah amen because because the relationship is worth it the relationship is worth you continuing to try until you figure it out and get it right and and by the power of the spirit if you will be led by the spirit to be a mm-hmm. peacemaker he's going to help you to put that relationship back together to resolve that conflict and move forward together in unity and with solutions that you can both agree to and, and, and can, and, you know, find peace in. So don't give up. Okay. So when we, when we do that, are there any questions we can ask to kind of help us out? Yeah. I mean, I think as you're evaluating, you just kind of, you know, think through, okay, if, if I come up with a solution, mm-hmm. all right, here's the solution for this week, you know, what money we're okay. spending too much money right. well we're going to cut back this week and we're going to spend 50 percent less than what we spent last week and that's that's the goal so that's the solution we're going to spend 50 percent less so okay so for that to happen here's the question what actions do we need to take all right how do we actually do that to spend 50 percent less this week what actions do we need to take practically? i might have to take my lunch well, i might have to take know? my lunch instead of stopping by you know chick-fil-a every day yeah that would be tough that would so be rough that might not be the first solution we try but anyway <laughs> so so but, but i'm not gonna go chick-fil-a every single day this yeah. week or whatever the case what and then you know it's not only deciding what actions but who is responsible for each action mm, that's good right that's so really good. if it's if we decide uh, you're not going to chick-fil-a every day well i'm responsible for that because i'm the one that goes every yeah, day right so so i'm not going to go to chick-fil-a every day you're not going to go to Starbucks every day because right. that's, that's the way you, you know, you, that's where you, the money's you spend going your there, money, yeah. So you're not going to Starbucks every day, but, but, but you're deciding, you know, um, who's responsible mm-hmm. for each action. And then you're saying, okay, when should the actions be completed? This is the whole evaluate. So okay. we'll come back three weeks three from now weeks, that's where or that, whatever it might, two weeks, whatever, whatever time you period choose. you choose. Yeah. And we're going to see how these actions affected our budget. Was it successful by cutting this and cutting this and you doing this and me doing that? Did that help us to get to our goal that we agreed upon? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then just, okay, just the last question that's helpful is how will the results of the agreement be reviewed? So that's when you're actually setting the meeting time. Okay. We're going to come back in two weeks or three weeks. We're going to evaluate and see if, if this solution helped us to meet our goal. And if it didn't, then we're going to have to talk through this again Mm -hmm. and come up with something else or go back to our list of 10 solutions and, and try one of the others. 
Well, this is this is just practical down to earth. Down to earth practical I stuff. I mean, this is this is what this is where we live. Really, it is. is. It is. And when you think about peace and being peacemakers and and all the conflict involved, you know, we've got to figure ways to make these things work. Yep. You know, that's what the design is, and I think that's what Jesus meant when he said, "Blessed are the peacemakers." But the thing is, Trey, you can do this. Oh, amen. I think so. It is practical. It's not hard. Mm-mm. What it. What it requires you doing, though, is swallowing your pride. There you go. That's the big one. And that's the reason why we oftentimes never get to the P-A-U-S-E, because we're not willing to swallow our pride and actually take the steps to resolve conflict. And us men, we always think our way is the right way. Because it is. No, I'm kidding. No, it's definitely not. It is. I've been married 12 years. I know my way is. uh, We just got to back off. Back off, say there are other solutions than mine. You know, that's that's, that's a big deal. Well, Pastor, this has been great. Thank you so much for going through this and helping us uh, think through what it means to be conflict resolvers. So uh, why why don't you close us out? Yeah, we hope that this has been helpful for you today. And if it has been helpful, please do share it with a friend because we do think this is practical and helpful for lots of people. And uh, we hope today that you'll also subscribe to our podcast. That way, every single week, you can have new content delivered to your device. And we do hope, as always, that this episode has helped you connect faith to life. 